The Incredible Hulk meets Spider-Man. Each figure a foot tall and fully poseable. All you need is a piece of string and here comes Spider-Man. Avalanche! This is a job for the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk with a face that's mean. Lots of muscle and skin that's green. Superhero Hulk. Good job, handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection. Each sold separately by Mego. All you need is a piece of string. Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This. <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 128 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Solashai, and my co-pilots for this bearded adventure. Ooh, perhaps. The young, the restless, the bearded one, Carlos Buarguello. The man we call absent because he's stuck in traffic because it's pouring in California, in Southern California. And as you might know, the people cannot drive in Southern California if it sprinkles. So if it pours... And it becomes this rain watch, flood warning, and all that stuff. So Les is going to be a little late, so he's going to come in. He's going to come in hot, so we'll skip his introduction. But we will get to the man we call El Hombre. The man I actually call El Hombre. The man with the golden locks. The man that can play cashmere better than cashmere feels on the skin. Mr. Ooh. Eric. Oh, I don't know about that, man. Cashmere feels pretty good on the skin. Haven't you ever seen that episode of Seinfeld where Costanza nails the the housekeeper at the place he works and gives her that cashmere sweater with the red <laughs> yeah. dot on it? <laughs> I have seen that one. Yeah, but that's Eric Struthers, by the way. Since Sorry, I interrupted no, okay. your role. No, it's okay. My bad. It. You're excited. I'm excited too. We're, we're both excited because tonight we have a great friend to the podcast. And not only a friend to the podcast, a friend to each of us individually. That's right. You might have heard him on that entertaining podcast for winners called Rogue One. You might have heard him also co-host a very entertaining, informative, wonderful podcast called Blue Harvest. Also probably heard him on the Sith list because he is a reoccurring guest. The man who is called the Beard of Knowledge, a phenomenal podcaster, but a better human being. Please welcome Mr. Haas Burkhart. Dang, buddy. Dang. 
Well, I'm super glad to be back. I miss you guys. We miss you too, buddy. We miss you too. We miss you. Les missed you so much, he decided not to show up. That's all right. He'll come That's in That's all right. He'll come in hot. I always knew Les didn't like me. He like looks at me like, <laughs> look at this little weakling. <laughs> he doesn't get gains. Oh, man. How are you doing, my man? I'm awesome. Please. How's Alabama? Um, It is Alabama. It is surprisingly dry after pretty much a month straight of rain. So it's nice to have some actual sunlight for a change and things like that. But you know what? Rain or shine, traffic's never as bad as it is over there. I ain't ever driving my ass around your state again. Never. When Haas was over here, you had a panic attack, I think, driving around. I did. No joke. Like, not even trying to be funny. I legitimately had a panic Mm -hmm. attack after driving. And I relinquished all driving rights to Jesse for the rest of the trip. (laughs) (laughs) And during celebration, you're going to be driving there as well, correct? Oh, yeah. We'll play this game all over again. Can't wait. (laughs) Well, we're glad that you're dry over there and you don't have to drive too much. The wetness has come our way. Ooh, that didn't sound good. I don't know about that one. Well, yeah, it's true, though. Well, you guys did say you were excited to have me on. Exactly. That's, That's exactly right. Mr. Strothers, Mr. 100th episode Bad Motivator Strothers, how the heck are you? And congratulations again for number 100. I know that's a big achievement. Thanks, man. It felt really good. A common saying that I kept hearing was, I'm surprised you haven't killed those dudes yet, meaning Dallas and Luke. And people were definitely on to something with that, but it felt good getting there. It, It did. And I am also doing fantastically. Thank you for asking. How are you doing, man? I'm doing okay, man. I'm uh, I'm getting very excited for celebration. That's right around the corner. It, it just now it seems like it's happening. Cannot wait to hang out with all you guys and uh, hopefully get a press pass. Because <laughs> you're still not, waiting on that, huh? I'll be, I'll be talking some scalpers, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, buddy, I bet you you'll be able to find a pass for like our buddy Johnny didn't get his last celebration pass until a couple of weeks before and didn't pay over cover price, like you know. People yeah. buy those passes. They sell them so far in advance. You buy them, and then inevitably, a good handful of people are like, oh, crap, I can't go and need to offload those passes. So I don't think you'll have any problem if the press pass thing doesn't come through. Yeah, I hope not. And, and I know Mike Pappas is really ready to pounce on me if I do need him. He's like, uh, $500 for one day. <laughs> 500 bucks. Hey, yeah. Let me help you with that, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, my man. Boo, how you doing? I skipped I'm, over you, man. I'm good. I'm good. A little, a little more wet than I would prefer to be, but that's I'm because good. of hops. Aww. Yeah, I know. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> when I see Boo, we're we're gonna rub beards together, and and they're gonna <laughs> grow together like ivy in the deep woods. You know what I mean? Like we'll be inseparable. That's they'll that's, think that's we're Siamese plan. twins. We'll have doctors coming up offering to separate us and stuff. <laughs> a CBS or no PBS special? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say pube special. Oh no, you know not what? those beards. No. You know what, Haas? You'll be very proud of me because I am rocking a beard right now. He is, oh. and it actually looks really good. Mm-hmm. How have I not seen this? I I don't know. I haven't like taken any selfies or anything, but I am definitely rocking a beard. So you would be very very no proud shave, of me. everybody. This includes you, Eric. I know you keep that beautiful face smooth. Join me today in a packed no shaving until after celebration. It's well, like the hockey finals. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's the hockey playoffs where you can't shave until you win the cup. Mm-hmm. That would be tough for me because Homeland Security would be on my ass real quick. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't let him go to celebration. I don't think I can get in. I think we should do the shenanigans. 
We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, podcasts like Now This Podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Finger with Randy and Jason. Check out that potpourri of selection of podcasts on the Making Star Wars Network. Just go to makingstarwars.net for any scoops and poops for any kind of news that has to do with the world of Star Wars. And I had the pleasure to be on now this podcasting last week. And we had a blast. It was a great episode to be on. And please check that out. So please do that. We also have a website, thesithlist.net, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Check out the Sith List. We have a hotline, 707-65-GEEK1, 707-654-3351. Leave us a voicemail. And uh, please leave some iTunes reviews. Now, Mr. Burkhart, how is the podcasting game going for you? What's going on on Rogue One and what's going on in Blue Harvest? Things going great? I know they're, yeah, they're going well. Yeah, man. We recorded Rogue One last night. It was just Johnny and myself because, surprise, surprise, Mike <laughs> flaked out. Aww, and uh, Blue Harvest is going strong, I guess, doing our thing, rocketing towards episode 200. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's amazing. I, I have to find out a way to make up one episode, meaning like release two episodes within a week somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if I do that, our 200th episode will drop exactly on our four-year anniversary. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you should just do a little mini episode of the Game of Thrones somehow tie in. I don't know. <laughs> we we might do that. Oh, honestly, with Celebration coming up, oh, yeah. I'm sure there will be plenty opportunity to find an extra episode or two in there, you know? There you go. Well, cool, man. Congratulations. That's going to be amazing. The big 200. If people, if you have not listened to, which you probably have if you're listening to us. I'd hope so. Either podcast, Rogue One or Blue Harvest, please do so if you are into the world of Star Wars. It is a blast listening to those guys every week, and uh, you will not regret it. Check them out. They're on all the different podcast platforms. And just go to makingstarwars.net. They're all over there, too. So do so. All right, you guys are getting ready. Uh, I mean, you guys ready to get into a little uh, geekdom? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure, man. All right. There's a lot of stuff this week. I know sometimes we're like, hey, you know, there's, we're, we're trying to pick and try to figure out what we're going to talk about. But this week, there was a lot of stuff. And thank the maker, we had a nice trailer drop just the other day, uh, yesterday. Meh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But let's get to the PSD box office report brought to you by PSD Underwear. Those makers of a fantastic designer boxer briefs. Check them out at psd.com. And we are going to talk a little box office. We have a new number one. The Upside has really? taken over and beat out Aquaman. Hmm. Yeah, not by much though. Aquaman's still holding strong. The Upside made $20 million. Aquaman 17 and A Dog's Way Home made 11. Aquaman finally hit a billion dollars at the global box office. Crazy. But I do want to talk a little bit about Aquaman and why you guys think, I'll start with Haas, that it's such a successful global phenomenon. It's made, I think, over $650 million globally. I know China was a big one. And I know Star Wars has been really struggling in China recently. So I'm wondering what is hitting home What's globally? the secret? Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about this, Haas? Well, honestly... I think it just has to do, not just, but I think there's a lot of factors. I think one of the main ones would be that, uh, like, China and that area, they're huge 
on super hero movies in general. You know, the Marvel movies do really good over there, too. And I haven't seen Aquaman, but everything I've heard and all the pieces I've seen is this is a much more fun, fantastical movie. More in I'm not saying they're copying Marvel by any means, but much more in that vein, right? So I think maybe that um, the time of year it re- was released, like it was pretty much the biggest movie in that sort of area, right? Yes, it sure. Especially was. in that that like superhero <clears throat> nerd culture uh, genre, right? So I don't know, man. Uh, I want to see it. It's, I'm going to wait till it comes out on home video. Uh, you know, like I'm living in the '80s or something. <laughs> You're gonna go to Blockbuster. Yeah, man. Oh, actually, I might I might actually go over to Suncoast Video and buy me a copy. Suncoast Video? There's still a Suncoast Video where you're at? <gasps> no, no. I oh, wish. Yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I thought you were being serious right now. I was like, oh, crap. Dude, I used to love coming to Birmingham before I lived here and going to the mall solely to go to Suncoast Video. Oh, Suncoast was great. Well, the reason I said that is because I... I believe there's one surviving blockbuster video out there somewhere i think it's like uh alaska or something like that somewhere somewhere yeah yeah so. i watched a uh short little documentary about it on youtube oh wow okay see i agree with you man i i think it's the combination of the character the special effects i think it hits home with the european box office and and the overseas box office it was a spectacle of a film maybe maybe that's why I, i'm very surprised that and made more money than even in, globally. I'm not saying here than Justice League and Suicide Squad, just because those movies overseas you would think would also hit a billion dollars, mm-hmm. right? But I think happen. it was the tone, man. I yeah. think it was the tone, and uh, not necessarily Justice League, but Suicide Squad was definitely not the special effects spectacular that Aquaman appears to mm-hmm. be. Absolutely right? not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the special <laughs> effects in Suicide Squad actually. And <laughs> honestly, I think you know. I think that plays a role as well. Like people like to see cool shit on screen, you know, mm-hmm. just at like the very basic level. That's true. Still making it. I mean, it was just barely beat out by the upside. Mm-hmm. It would have been four weeks in a row. That's crazy. It is crazy. And Bumblebee, which here's the thing about Bumblebee, it's steadily making a decent amount. It's not in the top three or four anymore, but I think it's at close to 400 million worldwide total. And they only spent about 125 million on the film. So there is a very big possibility of a sequel. Hmm, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know about a sequel, but I'm hoping that movie is just like a nice little book into that that version of the live action Transformers thing. They take the lessons they learned from that and how much mm-hmm. better that has been received and put that towards a rebooted live action Transformers universe. That would be the ideal decision right there. That would be great. I think so. Yeah, that would be great. All right, so that was your PSD box office report, and I think it's time to get into a little Star Wars. Eric? Yeah, baby. <laughs> we got the right people so, for the last two weeks here. So, hey, just real quick, this is something that we can touch on and then jump off of because it's all been resolved. EA canceled mm-hmm. this this star wars game in development it was supposed to be like totally open world right right so this this game has a long troubled history this goes back to like 2013 2014 
when EA announced that Amy Henning, who was one of the head writers on the Uncharted franchise on PlayStation, Mm -hmm. was going to be joining their studio that they owned, Visceral, to write and produce a Star Wars game. Well, last year, or well, no, October 2017-ish, they announced that that game had been canceled and that it was going to be restructured into a open world Star Wars game, right? Uh, if you want a lot of information, including like cool concept art and descriptions of what that game was going to be, Jason over at makingstarwars.net did an incredible piece on it. Um, one that I'm surprised didn't get more attention in like the bigger video game press. Um, so this game was being restructured and being worked on. And then apparently this week they looked at the roadmap for this game and when it would be potentially done by and decided it was going to take too long and they canceled it again. So this is the second time this game has been canceled and further reports have come out and basically said that now that studio that was working on it is working on a smaller scale Star Wars game that'll be out towards the end of 2020. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I have a statement from EA. They officially made a comment, made a statement out. It was uh, provided by IGN. A representative for EA said, The great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. So they are going to keep making stuff, but not uh, obviously not this one. Yeah, and and a lot of people seem to be confused thinking that that's the game Jedi Fallen Order that's being developed by Respawn, which is another EA-owned studio. Um, It's not. That game is still on track to come out later this year. Yeah, they they went on to say that there's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and we evolve into future Star Wars content and games, like I said before. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn. And we'll share more about our new project when the time is right. So that there you go. So they, I guess they're going to focus on that. Yeah, it's a bummer. I'm ready for EA to, to be out of the Star Wars business. Their license is up. And I've personally tried to be really patient with them and hoping that it's, you know, they've had this license since 2013. So oh. going on six years, right? And we've gotten two Star Wars games from them. Yeah. I remember, Haas, you were talking about Jason and that article he put up. Yeah, that stuff was amazing. And that was it was like Star Wars Destiny, pretty much, correct? No, a lot of people think that's what this game that was um in development was gonna be. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the original one went by uh the tie like it had a project name or a code name of Ragtag. Oh, and it yes. was a more focused story. Character's name was Dodger or something like that. Yes. Yeah. You played as, like, so instead of being able to make your own character and like live in the Star Wars universe, you would be playing as a character. It honestly sounded it like it was going to be like Star Wars Uncharted, which makes oh, a lot okay. of sense given the fact that Amy Henning was involved. Sure. And by the way, Les has a respond. Say hello, oh, Les. yeah. Yeah, I got revived. So here we ah. go. Guardian, Guardian down. down. Oh, I love that. I hate that, actually. <laughs> That's a good one, though. <laughs> How was traffic, buddy? 
Rain was crazy. Cautious. Yeah. Because yeah. it's... Everybody drives 20 miles no, an hour. The storm of Noah is outside right now. <laughs> the storm of Noah. For California, we understand everybody else gets it heavy, but when we get it, it sucks. Sound. Dude, I got like a foot of snow in yeah, my yard. Know, well, man. not now. It's mostly melted. But uh, Hey, Eric, did you uh, read about the John Boyega in Instagram that he put up? I did, man. And here's the deal. It's... Okay, so... It's a picture of his hands, and they're filthy. And he says, great day working on set. The whole team pushed themselves today to achieve something visually crazy. I've had many moments of shock on set, but not like today. And I can't wait until you know why. Oh, But here's the other thing. Now, I haven't tracked this down to see if he does this all the time with his posts for this, but it's hashtag FN2187. Right. As opposed to... Like just saying Finn. Mm-hmm. So is I wonder, I mean, maybe that's just what, how he thinks of his character all the time, or maybe it was, you know, him doing something stormtroopery. Yeah. Maybe it's him being reprogrammed somehow, some way and, and changing sides. Yeah. My guess would be, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kill somebody. Up. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just messing with But I, I love, I love the enthusiasm and I love where he puts, but not like today. And I can't wait how shocked he was. I wish that we would get some more on-set photos or, you know, because there's been some pretty cool stuff. You know, we know Jason has been killing it with, you know, the Black Park updates and all that. But man, come on. I want something official. I want, I mean, I don't... You want JJ to really... shoot something out, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that'd be nice. A featurette or something like that. Yeah, are they? I wonder if they're going to do that charity event that they do every year. Every, well, not every year, but it doesn't seem like they're doing it because it, I mean, if it follows the same schedule that the previous ones have, then I would think there would already be stuff out for it. Right, and that's a collaboration with UNICEF, correct? Yeah, Force for a Change. Force right? for a Change. That's right. Yeah, I'm dying too. I'm dying too. I, I have a feeling that we're going to get some unofficial stuff coming out very soon. That's oh, I, mean. I see what you're what you're going for there. I'm, you I'm get this saying. feeling I'm that you saying. already know. I have a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. Huh? No, right. no, I'm not saying it's coming out tonight. I know. Oh, I know. No, that's just... <laughs> dough for my phone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> dough for my I'm phone. I can't. Uh, it should have happened way over here already. <laughs> I can't. It's happening can't. over there. It happened already over here. Star Wars Resistance is back. Oz, what's your take on that? I dig it unapologetically dig it good 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 me too oh man i'm so excited i've got the (laughs) the first wave of single pack figures and the first wave of two pack figures from that show on the way i'm so excited to get my hands on those yeah i actually picked up to just today i stopped in target after i had lunch (laughs) to just you know hopefully by some miracle that they've turned the tide and actually start putting out new stuff. And I was not disappointed because oh. they, I picked up Kaz and, uh, Von Reg and the gold stormtrooper whose name I cannot recall. Oh, uh, Commander Pyre. Pyre. Yeah. His first yeah. Day funeral. Um, yeah, I, That's funny. I'm That's telling good. you, dude, I, uh, I'm, I'm done with the in-person hunting it's so much fun when you come across stuff but it's so rare for me that like especially since i'm pretty much out of the black series game i think 
as far as the 3.75 figures go, I'm just going to order the waves as they come up online and stuff like that. Cause I, the distribution is so terrible down here. Like I, yeah. I wonder if I'll ever see resistance figures in a store around here. Yeah, I was honestly tough. surprised. My target when the force awakens was still hot was really doing a good job. And I'm sure that I put somebody's kid through school by the <laughs> amount of stuff I was in there buying, but it has just gone downhill and it's, I don't know. On one hand, I get it because, you know, they get end up with toy sales in general aren't what they used to be. I see the stuff that Target is putting on clearance and trust me, it is across the board. It's not just related to one particular property. You, you can't expect them to just camp out on stuff. But, you know, you, you see like at my Walgreens, my local Walgreens, they still have Jen and Cassian there together just waiting for somebody to pluck them up. And nobody is ever going to pay 20 bucks for those. Going in there today and finding that, I was pretty pleased. But you're right. I have really considered just buying like the first wave of the Black Series archive set and just just sucking it up and buying the case because my chances of finding them all sitting there are slim eric next time you go to walgreens and there's a gin make sure you get one and send it to johnny he loves that character <laughs> oh i know i know he does but by the way i had a pleasant surprise turned on my netflix and i saw solo a star wars story was on and i put it on and lorraine and i sat through it and watched the entire thing again it's great and it was goddamn delightful again See, see now that's awesome. the key, see that's the key thing is like people compare it to Rogue One. Rogue One is a movie where you have to sit down, enjoy it, embrace it. You can't take your eyes off of it. Acting is fantastic. Visually, it's incredible. Action's great. Solo, you can put it on, enjoy it, skip through a couple scenes, you know, speed up, you know, a couple moments or something like that. Get up, go get some more popcorn or something like that. Leave it running, things like that. But it's a good time. I have no idea what people are complaining about. You know, Sal I and I, get driving it. back home from recording, we had this exact conversation about how much we love Rogue One mm -hmm. and how much we love Solo, and we I just don't understand people's hiccups about it. No. if you, It's your opinion. If you don't want to like it, that's fine. It's not all good, but no, they're it wrong. seems like people are just shitting on it to shit on it, mm -hmm. you know? I love both films. Yeah, absolutely. When Rogue One's on, if it's on, on Netflix and I click it on and... You remember during the mm -hmm. holiday party we had here, people were like enthralled. Yes. People were emotional at the mm -hmm. end again. So. I got to hang with Steel and just watch Rogue One. Yeah. How that cool was cool, was that? man. Yeah. yeah I, I love chilling that. out. I love both films. Uh, I do. But it, so check it out if you, I'm sure you know, but it, it's on Netflix and enjoy Solo. It's so great. Woody Harrelson's so great, by the way. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is. Did you see that there was a an article about the estimated times for Galaxy's Edge and estimated guest numbers? And this was ah uh, no. Okay, so <laughs> do we want to? No, you don't want to. Yeah. So this was uh, comes from Bill Zantini, who studies theme park design in Orlando, Florida. It's what he does. That's a job. Yeah, and he That's he, he projects <laughs> he projects crowds. He projects numbers of hours and weights. So they are estimating. That Disneyland could see up to 200,000 guests on opening day alone. Now, to put that to perspective, yeah, please. Disney usually gets close to 40,000 people a day 
on a massive day, like a 4th of July, 75 to 80,000. So we're what? talking 200,000 guests is what they're estimating. Double and then some. Listen to this. They're also estimating eight to 10 hours just to get into the park. No. Never mind the lines for the attractions themselves. Those lines, thanks to a limited number of fast passes and max passes that will disappear very quickly, could be relatively short, six hours or so by comparison. So if you have a fast pass. He's not even counting trying to find parking. <laughs> yeah, that's not. How about we talk yeah, about they, that too? Because yeah. they better finish that new parking Jeez. structure by the time Galaxy's Edge opens. The, the reason it's going to be a shit show is because you have to go through a tunnel to get inside and up into the new land, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be very strict on how many people can be in that tunnel at one time. Yeah, it's going to get so dangerous. these yeah. hours, I mean, you're going to might have to camp overnight just to be able to walk into the park. So I, I'm going to wait a couple months before I go I'm going to go, go wait this. 10 hours, <clears throat> but I'm just, I just want to go on Matterhorn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care about the Star Wars stuff. You're, you're going to get Disney-like people going, I just want to go on Dumbo. Yeah. Like, why yeah. are all these people I'm here? I'm a Tim Burton fan, yeah. and I want to go on Dumbo. <laughs> I just want to go on Dumbo. So I think we would all be Dumbos if we decide to go opening day. This is ridiculous. Uh, it, is, it is ridiculous. Don't even go near Disneyland. Yeah. Don't even come to Anaheim. We, we, we work there, buddy. <laughs> That's so. what I'm saying. Like It's going to be horrible. You, That's insane. So these numbers are crazy, and hopefully, <clears throat> maybe it will... Obviously, it's going to taper off, and we'll get to go maybe three, four months later. <laughs> Uh, oh Lord. man! So yeah, this kind of brings it down, you know. But once Back to reality, yeah. But once it is something that we can, you know, head to and go to, it's going to be just amazing. It might take up to three, four months before what, that. What twenty? Happens. What in twenty thirty? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but crazy numbers, guys. Crazy numbers. I don't know why I just remembered this, but this is kind of crazy story. I was at Disneyland once, and I when I was in junior high, in high school, junior high school. I remember them kicking out a dude for wearing the Ride the Lightning Metallica t-shirt because wow. because it said, metal up your ass. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you remember that shirt, Haas and Eric? Remember that? Oh, that's not the Ride the Lightning shirt. That's that not? is the toilet with the knife sticking out. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. That wasn't Ride the Lightning? No, uh, no, I think that, that was that metal was, up your ass. Well, oh. yeah, but I think that's like a Injustice for All Black Album oh. era shirt because i remember seeing it in stores and stuff so okay okay. i was like maybe three years old when ride the lightning came out (laughs) had to be a little (laughs) kids and your music that i listen to um the the, metal up your ass was going to be allegedly as the story goes was going to be the title of their first album oh and they're like, yeah, nobody will buy it. So I think that shirt may have come from that earlier era. From like Kill em All? Yeah, like, because I seem to remember it being around whenever I was in high school. Well, it may was, have just been you, such a good design that they were like, yeah. keep printing it. Yeah, right. if you've ever seen Back to the Future, when Marty goes back in time, that's when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Calvin. Damn. <laughs> Calvin that's Klein. Funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um. Uh, so we're, that's pretty much all the news Star Wars wise oh can I add one little tiny piece please I don't know if you guys watch uh, have been watching the new season of True Detective I have uh, I in the wish. second episode there is an excellent Star Wars Easter egg oh okay or reference not even an Easter egg okay okay 
That's fantastic. I, I canceled HBO until Game of Thrones comes out, but I'm regretting it because I've heard some good things about your oh, detective. This... What do you guys think? So let's talk about before I want I want to ask some more Star Wars stuff. I want to ask Haas some stuff, but let's talk about your detective real quick. What's your guys' take on it? Well, go ahead, Haas. It's so good. Oh, damn it. It's so refreshingly good after the crap that was the second season. Man, uh, Jesse and I watched the first two episodes today, and after it was over, she was like, uh, I wish we could watch the rest of it. Like, oh, yeah. that's how wow. much it's got me sucked in. So, and there's just, also back to like the first season, Haas? In terms of, qu- well, you know, you can't say it's only the first two episodes, okay. right? But it's right. It's it, it really going to hinge on how the rest of the season goes. Okay. But in regards to the first season, there's an interesting reference to the first season that makes me think this is a little more tied into the first season than, say, the second season was. Wow. Yeah. So uh, is it okay if I jump in on this one? Absolutely. So what I will say about this, and I'm willing to stand on the hill, uh, second season of True Detective, I understand what they were trying to do and the concept of, you know, the Illuminati and uh, the secret society and all that stuff. It's just the element that was missing from season two is back in this season. And that's the creepiness. The supernatural, almost spectral, like, yeah, there's just this otherworldly presence. Like, you know, in this first season, out of nowhere, Rust would go into an acid trip. You know what I mean? And then it just had this other, like, spectral, you know, it was really creepy. And I think that's just being set in the South. You know, I don't, I don't. Is this mm-hmm. one set in the South? Yeah, as well? it's back. It's it down south again, oh. and it's in Arkansas. Yeah, so wow. just being set in the South, and you know what? Uh, the two actors are pretty good right now. Stephen Dorff is actually pretty good, also. So it's Mahershala yeah, Ali and, and Stephen yeah. Dorff are the partners. Wow, he is um, uh, the the lead guy. What's his name again? Mahershala, Mahershala Ali. Ali. Oh, amazing. He's such a great actor, and there's just this whole. His his character is almost just like the first two, just like Rust and what's uh, Woody Harrelson's character ah, name? Oh, I forgot. I can't remember. Was, his name was Russ Coleman, and the other guy's name was Cole. Right? Weren't like their names almost literally the same? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. There's just this the flash forward, the the time thing, and it's only two episodes in, and it's just bringing back that whole added element of another world, like other, you know, just like an astral plane kind of thing, man. And it's really damn cool. Man. Wow. I can't wait. Maybe I need to just reactivate my HBO again. <laughs> you, gotta, uh, you know, it's funny that you made, you said that there was a reference, a Star Wars reference. I was watching, um, not as cool, but you know, I like the show. This is us, I'm right? A champion of this show. A part of the episode, a third of it was based on a specific character losing his action figures, his original Star Wars action figures in mint condition because oh, his no. wife sold them. And he wanted him badly to get, pass on to his kids, mm-hmm. and it became a whole issue. So Star Wars was a big thing, and she's like, "They're just toys." And he goes, "You don't." He got really pissed. Like, you don't understand. They're not toys. <laughs> They're not just toys. <laughs> yeah. So it was re- it was really cool. So that's interesting that that True Detective had something as well as This Is Us. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. So Haas, question for you. I asked Ben Hart this from Star Wars Underworld last week. And I've been asking our fellow Star Wars experts, as I call you guys, are you happy with where the franchise is 
going, where it is now, and the state of franchise of the franchise right now? Absolutely. I have no complaints. Uh, the only thing that uh, is even slightly worrying me right now is the prospect that we don't get another new movie next year because they haven't announced anything for 2020. And like, I know a lot of people are like, no, a break would be, be fine. And yeah, I would live, but I got who knows how many years I got left. I need as many Star Wars movies a year as possible. So come on, Lucasfilm, hook it up for next December as well. Yeah, I get it. And you were definitely, we're going to see you at Celebration. In mm-hmm. at Celebration, what is the number one thing that you're really looking forward to? Is it The Mandalorian? Is it Episode 9? Ah. Is it a Cassian? Is it maybe a, a, a Phantom Menace panel? Is there one specific thing? It's tough, man, because there's so much I'm excited about this year. This year seems like an incredible year for Star Wars as far as content spread out over all the mediums, right? Uh, but it's going to be hard to beat that episode nine information. <laughs> if you were going to do one overnight line, which one would it be? Ooh. See, that one's tough. We, I, I've been talking about this because as of right now, I'm not sold on doing the overnight line thing again. I say that now, and I know two years ago at this same time, I was like, hell no, I'm not staying in line overnight. And sure enough, I was. So if I had to choose one, it would probably be episode nine, man. Like seeing that trailer with everybody for the first time, mm-hmm. the cast, JJ, I get to see fucking JJ Abrams in person. Whew, be still my heart. <laughs> Kiss that man. Kidding me? No, I get it. Yeah. Episode nine panel would be pretty amazing. And to see maybe some raw footage of, of Carrie Fisher. I don't know you know, what protocol they're going to have for the panels. But I, I've been talking about it with like Johnny and and with Jesse and other people. If they did a raffle or like a lottery system to get into the panels, it wouldn't bother me that much. Because at least then, if I didn't get into the panel, it's not because I didn't spend 14 hours in line. You know what I mean? It's because um, I just didn't get lucky, you right. know? And I'm also hoping hoping the the space they have these big panels in at Celebration this year are a little bigger. Um, I know people that went to Celebration Anaheim and Celebration Orlando said like the room that the Last Jedi panel was in was significantly smaller than the one they had for the Force Awakens panel in Anaheim. So, yeah, you know, there's so much fun to be had in that overnight line. Like it was a blast until it wasn't a blast. So hopefully, you know, if I do decide to do it, having done it before, I'll be a little better prepared for it this time. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Les is going, so this is going to be his first Star Wars celebration. So, But I'm, oh. I, I agree. I, I kind of don't. I mean, I get it's my first experience, but I really, I don't know if I could do an overnight line. See, no, I'm being honest. No, 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 no. But see, that I, it just hit me. If he wants to do it, we have to do it with him. And he I'm is, not going to do that to he you He has guys. roped us in. I haven't, I haven't roped you in By anything. By force. No, if, <laughs> if if you say that you want to do it, we have to do it together. You motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not going to <laughs> do s- it. I hate you now. Don't hate me. I'm being forced into spend, uh, spending 17 hours. I like how hours. reverse psychology is, is trying to make angry. me say, you know what? I'm going to have to do it, guys. We've all done it, right? Less. Yeah. Les has Let not. me tell you, so buddy. He needs like, to put his time in. That's what I'm saying. But, oh, no. But, Haas, yeah, about to, Haas is about to back you up. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Please. No, I'm just saying. I was just going to say, like, I kind of crapped on it, but it was one of the most memorable fandom moments of my life. 
staying in that overnight line. I agree. Those last two or three hours were Brutal. torture. But you also have to realize, like, Jesse and I decided to do the overnight line and just went to, like, a Walgreens. Well, Johnny went to a Walgreens and got us a couple of those, like, fold-out camping chairs. And I didn't sleep a single bit in line. So if I could have found a way to to just get two hours of sleep, three hours of sleep while we were in line, it would have been perfect. So that's what I'm saying, like, going in a little better prepared maybe it would be easier see yeah see so no. that's that's the only way i would do that is if you guys as veterans as sherpas so to speak sherpas. would yeah. be able to i'll guide put you on my top. back and take that's you what up I'm that talking about. yeah now if, if we got you know an actual overnight line plan then i'll do that but i'm not about to legitimately crisscross applesauce and have the numbest ass in the history of numb asses Ooh. and not be able to actually stand the f up and go in there that's just i i couldn't do that but if we had a plan, and if you know I have to, you know, break my break my duck, as the soccer players say, then no, I would it's, do it that it's, way. The, it's well, the situation is that we have a massive area that we pretty much take over. So it's not like you're going to be crisscross applesauce. You'll be sleeping on the ground. Okay. Yeah, See, but yeah, but like the one the kids I was most envious of in line were the smart ones that brought up like blow up inflatable couches yep. and chairs, mm-hmm. like because. Those things just fold up and they put them in a bag. Super easy to carry, right? And they looked pretty comfortable. And they didn't take up a ton of room either because you don't want to be like Mike Pappas on the uh, podcast on Rogue One a couple weeks back was like, oh, bro, I've got a buddy. He's going to bring queen-size air mattresses. Dude, you would get stabbed in line if you tried to blow up a queen-size air mattress in that line. Like, it's, it's the right strategy of finding the compact enough device or furniture to to hang out on and like the most comfortable you have to find that sweet spot and i've been looking on some at some stuff on amazon it's just i don't know what to do can we do like a a machine gun squad and have everybody carry pieces of bunk beds that's funny (laughs) (laughs) that would be real funny (laughs) assemble everybody okay let's go assemble the pieces together and then break it down and everybody takes their corner and all that we just yeah, and then we just all take shifts on the bunk beds in the yeah, middle yeah. of the line. That's right, dude. The, the overnight line was hard. I did both nights. Okay, it, I barely slept the entire trip. But here's the deal: I saw John Williams conduct an orchestra, yes, and play Leia's theme at the most tender moment I've ever experienced, and it made every second of sitting out there in that cold ass floor worth it beyond a shadow of a doubt and oh, if yeah. i if i had to sit here and say there's no way that i would miss out on that if i went back i would do it all again and you know how oh. envious boo and i were because we flew in as we happening. landed as it was happening so we got off and looked at the stream and we saw what we were seeing mm-hmm. we were so upset Dude, I didn't get into that panel because we made the decision like we're only going to do one overnight line, right? But we were at celebration that day, the day, the minute the doors opened. So we were out on the floor in and out of the celebration store super quick. And, you know, they had the Star Wars stage where they had the big screen showing all the panels and stuff. And when right. that Leia moment happened, 
this is a like not as magical as being in the room, but literally everybody on the showroom floor like froze. It was like one of those weird X Men moments when Professor X freezes everybody. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah, just okay. turned and watched the screen. It was crazy. Right. Can I tell you guys one more sort of funny story about Eric at Celebration? Absolutely. So Eric mentioned he didn't sleep much. Well, the night of the Last Jedi panel, like the, that we were waiting in line, I got out of line to go to the bathroom, and Eric was sleeping standing up, leaning against a wall. It was one of the craziest things. Like, I went up and I said, hey, what's up, buddy? And it woke him up. Secondly, <laughs> later that night or two nights later we're at a bar right the bar at the hilton or something mm-hmm. and i see eric and i go up to him and i'm buddy I, I go hey buddy did you get any sleep and he's like yeah, a little bit i went to the the airbnb and caught a couple of hours and so you know i'm sitting there next to eric and he goes hey man can i ask you something and it seemed a little more aggro not aggro but a little more intense than i'm used to eric being and i go absolutely buddy and he goes what did you mean when you asked me if i got some sleep do i look like shit or something (laughs) and i go no dude you just mentioned to me that you had like for the past two days when i saw eric it was like man i got maybe two hours of sleep maybe i got 30 minutes of sleep i haven't slept at all yet so i was just checking up on the dude's health Making sure he caught some Z's. Well, dude, awesome. by the time Hawes asked me that, I'm not joking. I had at least probably eight people ask me, but it theirs was more of, uh, hey man, are you, are you, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, why? Oh, no, no big deal. Nothing. Just, are you sure? It's like, oh my god, dude! Seriously, I swear. One more thing. Plus, I was tired. This could be. I'm sorry, Hoss. Oh, I'm I not hey, you looking out for me. Uh, no, I mean it was fine after that, but I was like, damn, that's what happens when when you get through the nice guy veneer on Eric. Everybody's yeah. got that like shatter point in their mm-hmm. armor. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> We're gonna push and that to the limit this year. Inadvertently, because this is always how I do it. Like I never in mean to say something shitty to some. Well, not ever, but I. Most of the time, don't mean to say something shitty to someone, but it's always that accidental shitty thing. And then they're like, what the hell did you mean by that? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. No. <laughs> Not me, sir. Not, Not me. <laughs> Not me, sir. Oh, oh Lord. No. Okay, so because Carlos worked me with his reverse psychology, I guess we're doing an overnight line. Hey, Carl. Hey, Carlos. I roped him Carlos. in. Jesus. We got to strategize. Yeah, it's yeah, all about the strategy. Yeah. What's the number one key for the overnight line? You should know this better than anyone. So, so the, number, the one, number one key? What is it? Shout out to Calvin because he let us borrow the... So you guys know the uh, inflatable pool beds? The ones you just inflate, lay yeah. on it in a pool? Yeah. That is the answer. That is, it okay. rolls up very small. You can deflate it. You got to move or whatever. It doesn't take mm-hmm. up that much space. It is a lifesaver. That, I, I guess like the top three, earplugs mm-hmm. and proper clothing. Well, of course, being in Chicago, we will be, it'll no, be cold. Uh, handheld gaming of any kind. Oh, I'll have the Switch, oh, you, you, and we, we will yeah. be Mario partying and Smash Up brothering it up in there line. You, there you go. Get okay. your boy. I've already got it planned. I had the Switch last year. 
I'm going to bring it this year, and now we got party games to play on and it. make sure at 3 in the morning, you're not next to what, Boo? Oh, fucking lightsaber battles. Lightsaber battles. The lightsaber battles. kumite. <sighs> <laughs> that at 3 in the morning. Can somebody just, like, run into a flying cross body block no, and no, knock no. him down? No, no, no. It's a whole <laughs> just, like, it was, tournament going on. Think about Hand fencing. of God erases this match off. Yeah. <laughs> just think about fencing. But with fucking lightsabers and cheering and shit, I was gonna literally murder people. There's that a is point have a scorekeeper too, huh? Yeah, we were have, right like, the there. Scorekeeper? They yeah, did. We they had a referee there. and everything. Oh, yeah, I they shit did. you not. And it was... somebody, somebody got him. Goes. He's like half, half the fucking convention's empty. Go to the fucking <laughs> other side. <laughs> somebody just had a somebody just fucking moment. lost it. They lost yeah. it for me. But... Go to the other fucking side. We're gonna fucking battle right now. Because <laughs> the shitty thing is, I wouldn't even have said anything. I would have just started killing people. Yeah. I would have just fucking snapped, and there's blood would be everywhere. That guy, the guy said something. Thank it's God. Like, what's his name? Like Obi Wan and Anakin had a, a crowd around when they were going yeah. at it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that was fun, man. Uh, reminiscing about celebrating. Orlando, the nightmares. Yeah. We got a few. We got hey, a few hey, months. Hey, so it is yeah. what it is. I'm sorry if I snapped at you, buddy. Now oh. I feel bad, oh. uh, buddy. I'm not making like I. I wouldn't have said it if like I wouldn't have told the story if you made me feel bad. You know what I mean? Like it is one of those things where I know exactly the the headspace you were in because I was in the same mood after the Last Jedi panel, and I had only been up for. 12 hours you know not even you know, more than that 17 hours or something and so i can only imagine how you felt doing that multiple days in a row it's just like i said it was the one moment it's like making um bruce banner angry but not full hulk angry just where his face turns kind of like half green for a mm -hmm. second mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh okay okay so eric does get angry there is okay i see what's going on I, I went, fucked that up. I went up to Eric. I, I said, how up. you doing, buddy? He punched me in the dick. <laughs> he threw me Did down a do flight the of stairs. Like and I was like, I apologize. <laughs> he threw me down the stairs. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? To be fair, <laughs> I did ask if you were okay after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Would you no punch doubt. me in the dick or threw him down the stairs? Threw him down the stairs. Oh, okay, he good. gave me a pack of Star Wars band-aids, and I was like, Eric Struthers, always prepared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I knew this is a small snapshot of time that I have to be immersed in this environment mm -hmm. with people who think like I do and make some memories. And I did. I did. Most of them I was super baggy-eyed for, but I made some memories. It's worth it, man. It's worth it. It was. All right, well, let's get into some other stuff. Some random schmeals. Looks like the Masters of the Universe film. By the power of Grayskull. Got some writers. Sony and Mattel Films have tapped Iron Man scribes Art Markham and Matt Holliday to write a new draft of the long, gestating He-Man movie, Masters of the Universe. And this was coming from Collider, by the way. Uh, David Goyer... And sibling directors Aaron and Adam Nee had been working on the script with Columbia Pictures president Sanford Pentich when he decided to bring in Markham and Holloway, the same team that got Men in Black International greenlit by the studio. It is moving forward. It's taking forever, but a He-Man Masters of the Universe film is on its way. Allegedly. Sure it is. Yeah. I, I know. I'm right there with you. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably never see it. They're probably uh, materialize. Yeah. 
I'm excited for the idea, but it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it situations. Thank you. Taking the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, I was really about to say that. It's one of those things. It's going to be a hard one to pull off. And if they, if, unless I mean, they we already have, have some Game kind of, of like Game of Thrones vibe. Yeah, I was going to say, we already know? have the, that kind of element, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You got the sorcery, you have the prince who is a powerful hero now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I honestly think they should take a lighter tone to it. Like, I think they should hmm. look at Guardians of the Galaxy and be like, this but more fantasy. Because huh. people forget a lot of the sci-fi elements in He-Man. There's quite a bit. There actually is. Yeah, you're right. And a movie that was a little, you know, sort of fast paced, super colorful, uh, you know, sort of that, you know, like back and forth dialogue, make it pretty funny and humorous and like follow that Marvel thing. I think that could be a hit. It's just I don't want like dark and gritty (laughs) E-Man necessarily as I want like fun you know, oh, that's true uh, because there was a lot of comical. Like, because Cringer is very funny before he becomes Battle Cat because he's a scaredy cat. Orko, yeah, and I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not you. looking. I'm not looking for a live action version of the old filmation cartoon either. But right, but you know, I'm also not looking for like Game of Thrones with He Man. Like I, I think there's a tone that they could go for by like mimicking almost a Marvel movie, specifically guardians of the galaxy. I don't know why that one specifically, maybe it's the big cast and things like that. If I think if they took that, that route, especially with the the writers they have, like, I think that could be something pretty cool that people would be interested in. Yeah. You might be, you might be on something there. So men in black international is probably that kind of feel I would mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was going to say, while you're saying that, I'm thinking of in the vein of Guardians, looking at someone like Trapjaw come to life. Like you said, there's a high, a huge sci-fi thing. He's mostly like a cyborg, pretty much. Man in Arms has like cybernetic armor, for lack of a better term. You know what True. I mean? Like they yeah. shoot lasers and shit. There's laser guns in the in He-Man and stuff. Like no, they have legit be- ships. Yeah, they yeah yeah. That's true. There's a He-Man and Shira convention that's coming to Anaheim. By the way, just want to throw that out. PowerCon. PowerCon. Wow. Wow. That's, that's cool. PowerCon. That's exactly what it is. You should go as He-Man. I'll go as print nothing. <laughs> nothing. You, we have an email from OG Rob. Les, you want to read this? <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, Sith List. Happy belated holidays and New Year's. Uh, glad to hear that Les will be joining you, you all in Chicago, one of the great eating and drinking cities in the U.S. I have two recommendations for you. First is an Italian beef sandwich at Al's. Tony's would be a runner-up choice if that's if that is close to you. Hmm. Just make sure you get it dipped. Second, although it will probably be a ca- probably be a cab ride, I highly suggest Twin Anchors for ribs. Great food at a renowned old school joint. Wow, Twin Anchors. Okay, I'm also, taking what? notes. Me too. <laughs> Me too. The ribs go to that Twin Italian anchors. beef sandwich. Because like, look, I live in the South. We got ribs for days. That's down right. Here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not. True. It's not hard for me to get my hands on good ribs. Now, an Italian beef sandwich, I think that's out of my grasp. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, Italian beef is good. Uh, I also wanted to throw oh, this wait, out. Say what? Say that again. Argentinian beef is awesome right, too. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to throw this out as a Sithless travel destination in 2019. St. Louis, Missouri to catch Eric's band. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I wasn't so yes. sure about this before, but once I heard that Stone in Love is on the set list, well, that piqued my curiosity. I've been to St. Louis and can attest to the fun bar and food scene. There's also a world-class science museum and children's museum, but we could skip those for the arch 
in a Cardinals game. Who's in? I'm in. <laughs> well, Rob's a good dude to hang out with, and he, he is. He, chill, he travels a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. been to all these awesome cities. Also, Spider Verse, incredible. Aquaman, not great, but entertaining and good on Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to Game of Thrones and hearing discussion about how far from home. Kind of messes up in game if the timeline has it take place after. Oh, that's the coming. That is coming. Catch sir. you guys soon, OG Rob. Thank you, OG Rob. That's a great email. Thank you yeah, for the suggestions. And yes, one day we will all go and see Eric throw the horns. You know what? He actually wants to meet Struthers. To be honest, like when we eat lunch and hang out, he's like, he's yeah, a Struthers man. fanboy. Yeah, he he yeah he is, dude. Dude, I was listening to Star Wars spelt out. And if you haven't heard that podcast, man, it is great. It's some really good dudes making that show happen. And uh, it's funny to hear people in Australia talk about how they can't wait to meet you in particular. And I was like, hee, 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 people like me. They do. <laughs> Just make sure you get some sleep before you meet these people. Yeah, don't, oh, don't fuck you, Raj. Them. Don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> don't snap oh, at them. Don't, don't punch them in the dick. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Okay. By the way, we got a Game of Thrones teaser. Yes, we did. And it's a wonderful teaser. And we're not going to play it because it's very just him walking and him hearing things. All of them. All of them hearing, hearing stuff. things from the past and seeing these cool statues of, of yes, everybody. They're in the crypts. Much. Yeah, it's Here, pretty cool. But this has stirred up a crazy theory from a bunch of people saying, where the hell was Bran? That's a, that was my question. So what's coming up more and more is that they think Bran is the Night King. Like, yeah. What? That at the end of the day, we're going to see that he is the Night King, or he kind of manifests himself manifests into the Night himself, King. Or it's well, in yeah, when he is warging, warging into, warging into yeah, the when Night he's King. warging, the Night King basically record, can feel him and sees him, and he's like, hmm, what's right. up, dude? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of Bran as the Night King. Yeah. I wonder if he's not in the trailer because his role as the Three-Eyed Raven is like... He's that instead of a Stark. You know what yes. I mean? He's yeah. he's outside yeah, he's, of the conflict. Yeah, he's he's like, oh, okay. yeah. He's set. Yeah, his his position is actually set as a chronicler slash overall like an or uh, an oracle type thing. You know? Yeah. And we have a date, by the way. Yes, we do. So if you are at Star Wars Celebration, make sure your Airbnb or your hotel has HBO because it's that Sunday. Les and I are flying home. Luckily, we'll be home before it starts, but. It's coming out that Sunday. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there's some Game of Thrones news. If you haven't yes. seen the teaser, go watch it. It is pretty fucking cool, though. Mm-hmm. It really Can is. I posit one theory from the trailer? Please. Let's hear it. For one, I'd like to preface this by saying, like, the previous teasers that they've done have not been great about giving any plot points away. So, you know, there's no indication that this one is either. But, you know, the whole thing is them walking down the crypt and then they turn around and like that White Walker mist mist is coming in. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we're going to see the White Walker like the Night King and the White Walker army resurrect all those dead Starks in the crypt. Are we going to see zombie Ned Stark? Lady Stone. Yeah. Well, in a way. In a way. way, Yeah. I don't think they have her body. Right. They they don't have her body, but they have Ned's. Oh my gosh. Right. So you'll see Brandon, Ned. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good Liana. one. That's a good like, one, Liana. Yeah. Ooh. Makes me wonder. I like I like I said, those pre season teasers like that don't really give you much or, or haven't been known to give that sort of stuff away. So it would be surprising to me, but that's the first thing I thought when I saw that. Right. That's crazy. I like that theory. Cannot wait, man. And we got the prequel coming before that. I mean after that. No, probably before. 
It'll well, probably come out before. Well, it's going to be before. I don't fuck. Oh, I see what you're saying. Cause it takes so long. Yeah. <laughs> Get into some comic book stuff real quick because we, James McAvoy was out there doing junkets for Split 2 Electric Boogaloo, which is also called Glass. <laughs> Speaking to Yahoo, McAvoy opened up about his doubts about X-Men heading to the MCU. This is what he had to say. I don't know if the X-Men could go into the Marvel Universe. I'm not sure. Maybe they could. But I think what's the different about the Avengers Universe, anyway, is you've only got a couple of superheroes in that world. There's a good amount, but there's like a couple of football teams worth, you know what I mean. Whereas in X-Men world, you're potentially saying there are hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of them, and the social implications of that is different. So what? Yeah, really. Yeah. So what? I I think somebody's a little salty because Mm -hmm. their role as Professor X is about to be null and void. And uh, from everything that's been going on, like the the rumors about this Dark Phoenix movie, things haven't been going smoothly behind the scenes. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah they, they, there's no way they're not going to add the X-Men to the Marvel Cinematic Universe once the Fox deal is done. Come on. Yeah, it's a no brainer. I yeah. think we'll see the Fantastic Four first because it's been longer since they've had a movie. And then I think the X-Men will be shortly behind them. Yeah. yeah and, and if Agreed. anybody can plug in millions of X-Men, hundreds of thousands of X-Men or whatever, or how many ever they want to put in there. It is it is uh, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I trust them 100% that they will do it right. Yeah, they, they'll probably take a little bit of a break uh, before they actually plug in mutants uh, just to give time for, you know, the Fox X-Men universe to kind of die and wilt away like it's supposed right. to. So, and well, then, yeah, so so they'll be they'll be fine. Yeah, McAvoy needs to needs to calm down a bit. It'll be okay. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, it's going to, it's not like, you know, the, the Fox deal is not going to go through this, you know, spring or summer. And then immediately we're going to have an X-Men movie by even next year if they want it. It takes a while to develop that sort of thing. And, you know, they've gone on record saying they're not allowed to even touch or start developing that stuff till the, till the deal goes through. So, you know, we're still looking at a couple years out at the earliest. Uh, If I was McAvoy, I'd be straight kissing some booty right mm-hmm. now like hey this is great if this goes through i can't wait to get in on this and work with you guys like oh man i'd be laying on thick are you kidding me he's definitely professor x now if you think about it his casting was actually probably is solid gold if you ask me he could be oh, professor yeah. x for years and yeah he needs to chill like he needs yeah, to change his tune they're not gonna do that though man like i, I agree sucks. he is good he is good as as Professor X, and there's a lot of the new cast members that I like quite a bit. I like um, Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. I thought that was pretty good casting as well. Yes. Yep. But they're not going to... Can you imagine the confusion of trying to say, well, all those X-Men movies, that happened the whole... Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to do a complete wiping of the slate, if they I have had to, to guess. They have to like, do that. I saw someone say, like, oh, they got to bring Hugh Jackman back. Marvel is not looking for someone that age to play Hugh Jackman. When they get a a Wolverine, they're going to want someone that can play that character for 10 to 15 years. Yeah. You know, I saw a, like a, basically a photoshopped Zac Efron as Wolverine. You know what? And I'm not going to lie. It looked pretty. Well, I was going to ask you, pretty solid. Isn't that the right size? 
well, I don't know how tall Zac Efron He's is. He's not tall at all. I think he's like 5'9". But, but Zac Efron needs to be like uh, Rob Gronkowski's width. Like, oh, he needs to be okay. gigantic. Like, if you're going to even... Well, like, he'd be like Glenn Danzig, who actually yes. almost was thought of, actually. A younger, J- a younger Josh, a younger Brolin would, would have been a great mm. Wolverine. Gotcha. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Zac Efron would actually need to add uh, fat. Oh, fat. Yeah. He would actually need add fat and then make it into muscle. Because yeah, what, no, he'd right now, he, what is he, he prides himself on being under like 2% or something like that. Or whatever. Fat, you can see yeah. his like, fibers. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so he would actually need to... Eat, but yeah, you fat. you know what I mean. It's the right track as far as like being, I guess, comic book accurate. Yeah. But either way, yeah, I, I agree with Hawes. As much as I would like to see McAvoy stay that stay as Professor X, and they got to wipe that whole. thing And this out. is their chance to just wipe it all out and start fresh. And if they have that opportunity, and fans aren't going to be pissed about it, they'll yeah. do it. I you know I don't know that you can do anything like I mean. People were pissed when they recast the characters for first class and then they got used to it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. right. people were pissed when the Spider-Man was cast, recast twice. Like there's going to be a segment that are pissed, but I would hope that the excitement of the Marvel Cinematic Universe team getting their hands on these characters would outweigh any of that disappointment. Right. Okay, let's dive into two new trailers. One is not very new is because we didn't talk about it last week, but I definitely want to play it and I want to talk about it because I thought this was the best trailer of all three trailers that Captain Marvel has put out. Grunge is a good look for you. Did you have a rough day, Agent Fury? I'm going to need clarification on this space invasion. Perfect song for the 90s right here. Our shapeshifters. Okay. Oh, That's man. Eric Struthers at Celebration. <laughs> I'm not. That's a photon blast. And? A scroll cannot do that. I'm just supposed to take your word for that. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> we are Cree. Strong. United. You have to let go of the past. I don't remember my past. Shoot laws of badass in this. I have this power, but I don't know where it came from. I've never seen anything like her. You think you can find others? She's just the beginning. You've come a long way, but you're not as strong as you think. Visuals are amazing. Yeah, that looks fantastic. Is this? The shield logo. Does announcing your identity on clothing help with the covert part of your job? Said the space soldier who was wearing a rubber suit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was the Captain Marvel trailer number three. And to tell you the truth, this was my favorite one. I don't know why. I don't know. The feel was great. Samuel Jackson, that's the best CGI, the aging CGI that I've seen, I think, so far in any film. Samuel Jackson doesn't age. That's the way he looks. Yeah, right. He wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Haas, what do you think about Captain Marvel? Are you excited about this? Were you a oh, fan man, of I'm Captain so Marvel before that? Or is this something that is pumping you up now because of the um, You know, to be completely honest, my knowledge base for Captain Marvel isn't the best. Uh, the little bits and pieces I know are from reading like uh, Marvel encyclopedias and stuff as a kid. Um, but I'm very excited for the movie. Yeah, I am too. And I love how it's set in the 90s and not in the 80s. Not that I don't like 
stuff set in the 80s. I just think it's being done in over and over and over again. I yeah. I like this, that this is in the 90s. Yeah. I, what I saw is there's just so much more now that we get of, of Carol Danvers in the first place. So, you know, we were getting other, other trailers we're teasing here and there, but to see the banter, to see Agent Coulson, it, yeah, it just, this opened up so much more. Uh, really, really excited. Yeah. The, the opportunity to see more of the beginnings of different relationships, more of the beginnings of shield and stuff like that. In addition to adding a ultra powerful, you know, superheroes. Awesome. You know, like you said, seeing Coulson again and stuff like that, seeing fury and fury seems more, I guess not jovial, but I guess not as hardlined kind of thing. Well, he, you know, he made a joke, although can, can he's we made talk about that real quick as, as much as people bitch and whine about a lot of things. Have they just hidden the fact that Marvel was able to switch Nick Fury from without any complaints? I mean, from you know, straight up nineteen, you know, World War Two war hero, mm-hmm. you know, to this guy that we have now, like, legitimately. You mean, you mean from the comic books to he's what a black we have? dude? Like, yeah. and nobody's like, "What the fuck happened, man? It's not my Nick Fury." Like, oh, I, I am amazed that they were saying. they mm-hmm. were able to do that, and it's all all good. Yeah. You know, that is interesting. Sorry. Nobody has bitched about that. Like, I thought about that. I'm like, dude, Samuel L. Jackson has been Nick Fury. He's probably appeared in every Marvel movie since the ending of Incredible Hulk. Yep. And of all the complaints I've seen, all the stuff about all these trailers and, you know, the Star Wars stuff that goes on and how much of a dumpster fire things can become, that's just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- with, yeah, with no... Yeah, but that, then again, I don't think he's got no time for that mess either. Yeah, really. You need yeah. motherfuckers to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, you are very right. Yeah, this just pushes even more. It looks fucking fantastic. Like, we just saw, what is it, the, uh, the scrolls, uh, what is it, transform themselves. Yes. That looked amazing. That's the first time we're actually going to see them do that. We've, we, we've, uh, was, they've been in comic books. I think they've been in cartoons. I'm sure. Stuff like that. This is the first time we're going to see something like that. And that looked, that looked incredible. Yeah, so I cannot yeah. wait. Nick Fury's in two trailers. One I have no problems with. Oh, here we go. And the next one I have a major problem uh, with. Here we go. So let's segue. Here we go. Let's segue into the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer that just came out yesterday. And we are going to play it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And we're going to talk to Boo and see what his opinion is on uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Rad. so good. Hey, sorry I'm late. Happy. You look nice. Oh, she looks great. Oh, Thank you. Can you dress? Yes, you know, she looks amazing. Hey, that guy's doing the Mandalorian. <laughs> what just happened? Planning a trip? Mm-hmm. Going to Europe. Yeah. Cool <laughs> <laughs> I love the song, by the way. Yeah, good song. Did you get your passport? Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Mini toothpaste? By the way, he's in Manhattan, by the way. I just want to go on my trip. First one. Europe doesn't really need a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uncle Ben's luggage right there. Yep. You look really pretty. Therefore, I have value. No, no, that's not right. I'm messing with you. (laughs) You look pretty, too. (laughs) I just want to spend some time with MJ. I think she really likes me, too. That reminds me when I first fell in love. I had just finished my phone call. (laughs) 
so nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. Remember that sentence. You're Nick Fury. Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he gonna be okay like that? Might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue. Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome! Cool black and red suit. Mm -hmm. But we have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? You don't want to be part of this. Finally get the fishbowl. <laughs> the music. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Good job with He's that. Like Iron Man and Thor rolled into one. He's no Spider-Man. What is it with you and Spider-Man? What, he looks out for the neighborhood, has a dope suit, and I really respect him. Sup, dickwad? <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. great. Okay. So <laughs> real quick, before anything else, uh -oh. before yeah. anything else, I got to tell you, I watched this trailer this morning with my kid and Henry. He is in preschool. He is four years old. We get to the end of that and he goes, what do you say? Did he say dickwad? Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody. He didn't say. He goes, I think he said dickwad, dickwad. <laughs> oh, no. I'm very surprised. Well, I'm like, I'll just go there. ahead and leave my phone on mute so that I miss the call from the school. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going, I'm Spider-Man, and you guys are These all, are all dickwads. dickwads. <laughs> oh, that's so... What's up, dickwad? What's up, dickwads? Oh, no. to his teacher's <laughs> class. What's up, dickwad? That's fantastic. Well, yeah, I'm going to oh, refer. Yeah. I'm going to go to Mr. Burkhart first and get his take on this trailer, and then I will go to everybody else. Haas, what'd you think about this? Uh, sorry, guys. I'm stoked. I'm real fucking stoked for that one. Uh, I do have a bit of a theory. I think uh, old Mysterio is going to be um, like uh, pretending to be a hero. Mm. And I think uh, Hydro Man and Molten Man. maybe Sandman, who we saw in that, mm -hmm. right? right? Yeah. I think and those I think will both be illusions of his that's exactly what les told me y yesterday oh really yeah huh? exactly well, what Les. what, what i said was uh in the books right in the comic pages he's a special effects guy he is a special effects wizard that uses illusions to take on spider-man in order to achieve fame Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we'll be exploring the comic book origins of Quentin Beck, otherwise known as Mysterio. Quentin Beck was once a Hollywood stuntman, before becoming one of the most talented special effects wizards in the industry. Unable to garner significant attention or recognition for his talents, he decided to change career paths. However, he soon realized that he didn't have the looks to make it as an actor, nor the patience to become a director. Frustrated, he soon decided to take his expertise in theatrics and illusion to become a costumed superhero. As New York City already had a champion, Beck decided to undermine and replace Spider-Man. Inspired by the Daily Bugle's willingness to cast Spider-Man in a negative light, he developed a plan to frame the web-slinging hero for crimes that he didn't commit. In order to accomplish this, Beck studied the hero and copied his suit, while forging special gadgets that would duplicate the web crawler's powers. 
the end goal of which was to reveal his own superhero identity as he dramatically brought the real Spider-Man to justice. The way it looks right here, you're kind of right. Now that I look at it this way and the way you put it out there, he may be gimmicking up to be a hero and just conjuring up these uh, special effects enemies, you know, and everybody's like, oh my God, this guy's saving the <laughs> yeah. day. And then it's Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man basically exposes him like, ah, uh, yeah, nah, you're, you're, you, you ain't the real deal, dude. Yeah. And, and there's going to be some, you know, greater evil purpose behind it all or something. I honestly think I, I'm not saying they won't keep the backstory of him being a special effects person, but I almost kind of feel like they're going to throw some sort of magical element into it, too, mm. to make it like, for lack of a better term, a little more believable within the universe that this guy's not just doing straight up illusions like special effects illusions. He's doing some sort of ma magical shenanigans right. to right. help out with it as well. Oh, yeah, like he's got a talisman or something like that. Yeah, and, you know, at some point he can't control it and some shit's going to happen. Well, one theory is is that just like uh, with um, Vulture, that he uses alien technology from the Chitauri, Ooh. that he might be doing the same thing or something ah. similar. So, yes. Oh, okay. Good. That would yes. make sense. Great. I heard I heard that one, and I was like, yeah, that, that fits, and it kind of, I, I guess, kind of keeps the train going with Spider-Man and... and Still involves the expanded universe, sure. but still it's Spider Man kind of thing. Yeah. And since we're talking yeah. about him, since we're talking about him real quick, I love that they had the fishbowl that it gets ridiculed in the comic pages mm -hmm. because it looks so lame. And one point I want to make is that Marvel seems to make these kind of things really badass on film. And D totally. the, the yeah, and DC seems to drop the ball. Yeah, for example, when you watch Aquaman, the Black Manta, his helmet looks cool on a comic book, but it doesn't cross over. It's way too big. Way, way too, too big. It looks yeah. ridiculous. And they kind of made a joke about it in the film. <clears throat> and it didn't really work. To, for me, it didn't. But it seems like Marvel does the opposite. They, this fishbowl, it should look like a joke, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would prefer him in the fishbowl, to be honest. Than just having uh, his beautiful face. Yeah, I that's the Prince of Persia. You don't talk to him. I don't give a fuck about his face. Yeah. The problem with that is, is you don't you don't hire old Jakey Gyllenhaal True. to not have his actual face in it. You know, yeah. so his perfect. I'm just glad they're doing it at all. You know. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah the, you know, we're getting Mysterio. That's the big deal. Yeah, like we're getting Vulture. We got Vulture. We're getting Mysterio. We're on the right track, if I'm not mistaken, right, Haas, to possibly get a version of the Sinister Six if this all. Shakes out. Yeah, because it, it, it seemed like they were maybe setting up with that for that with the vulture in prison with uh shocker and stuff at the Scorpion. end of Scorpion also. Yeah. Scorpion. Yeah. And look, it bums me out on one hand that they don't want to go back to like villains that have already appeared in Spider Man movies because I'd love to see the MCU take on the lizard and the green goblin. Oh. Uh, Yes. Green Goblin is my favorite Spider-Man villain. Right. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they do that eventually. But um, it's also cool getting to see villains that I would have never expected. Mysterio was so far down on my list of villains <laughs> I thought we'd see in live action that, you know, on that hand, it's pretty cool. Johnny, Johnny Grosso sent me a text message after the trailer came and he goes, I really didn't like it. And it reminded me of Spider-Man 3. And I sent him a message saying, well, with his rogue gallery, Spider-Man's, it's hard not to 
make it look like they're making it look. You know what I mean? Yeah. With Sandman and then... All no, the- and then there's a couple of... Uh, I heard Boo say it, but I think Molten Man, Sandman, and Hydro Man mm-hmm. are in this movie in yeah, a way, element. in some way. Yeah, the element. Maybe it's not actual Sandman and it's not actual Molten Man, but we're still getting... I mean, come on, man. Spider-Man fights a guy called the Puma. Like, <laughs> right. And... Yeah. The Puma. So, so it's difficult to make not look yes. like that. You so know I mean? you can't get them all. And and I I would agree with Hawes. Maybe they should. I would love for them to bring, you know, a Todd McFarlane version of the Lizard. For that yeah. matter, drag up, get Craven going. Like they need to get. There's some Spider villains or Spider Man rogues that are still legitimately the the well is deep. And if they can pull off Mysterio, then that means they got nothing but awesomeness coming after this. Dude. Like that's all I got to say. It's okay. So, you, so Haas, you love this trailer, correct? I did. I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the next trailer more because I think they'll be less constricted with what they can show after Endgame comes out. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with this trailer, but I'm really excited to see the next one. Okay, Boo. I'm going to go to you last because we know your attitude towards Spider-Man. <laughs> less so. I- you were into this? Okay. Eric, you saw it with your son, you said? I did, and my wife was there, too. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. I'm super stoked for this. My wife is finally getting on board with the thought of going to see these movies on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let me just put it out there. I loved this trailer, and I can't wait for this movie, and I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. But let's talk about the elephant in the room here. And the elephant in the room is, I'm going to go back to this. If you know that this movie is coming out three months after Endgame, or whatever it is, four months after Endgame, why do you kill off Spider-Man in Infinity War when I had a guy come into my office, saw that the trailer was on, stood behind me, and these words came out? Wait, what the hell? Wait, wait a minute. When is, is this before Infinity War? Wait, what? Those are the words. I swear to God. I said, no, uh, well, no, we don't really know exactly what is going on. And then you're going to double down and show Nick Fury. So you're going to show two guys that died. And this is after an Endgame. So you just pretty much told me that those two deaths didn't mean shit. Buddy, do you mind if I step in or roll in? Please step in. Yeah, please. Please, okay. please, please, calm please, please rectify. Yeah. All right. Uh, this damn. is the thing. Why do you kill Spider-Man? Because you want to set up the last, uh, you want to set up Endgame to be about the original Avengers last hurrah. There is no coincidence that our original Avengers from the first Avengers movie were the bulk of the, the characters that are still alive, right? Right. Secondly, we are so ingrained in sort of this culture and reading up on this stuff that we know it takes place after Endgame because Kevin Foggy has said it does. But, and I'm also leaving the slightest sliver of possibility that this is some sort of Kevin Feige shenanigans too, where he was like, oh, the title for Avengers 4 wasn't spoken in Infinity War, but it turned out to be the case that it was, right? Right, right. The other thing is, is like, you can't wait until after Endgame to start marketing this movie either. you got to show a trailer. And in that trailer, you got to show Spider-Man 
if Samuel L. Jackson is playing Nick Fury, you got to show him too. Like this, you got to think these trailers, if we never saw a trailer for, um, for far from home, we'd still go see this movie. You know what I'm saying? These trailers are meant for the general public. The general public, I feel, is going to see that and either be like, oh, that's crazy. I want to go see that and figure out why. Or they're going to be like, it must take place before Infinity War. You know? Because Spider-Man's dead. That's the only place it can take place for before. Mm-hmm. Dude, when we saw it this morning, the first thing that my son Henry said was, wait a minute. This, if Darth Maul's there, it would make Han Solo super old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I get all that. And I get if you have Samuel Jackson in this film, you have to show him. I just question the deaths. And I know you said it, they want to make it the original gang and it's their story. But if they would have killed off, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing, buddy, it's a comic book movie. Thank you. Like I've, I've seen. All of my favorite heroes die multiple times just to come back less than a year later. Wait a minute. Like, yeah. That's not what based on true events. Mean. Absolutely. No. Unfortunately <laughs> not. Unfortunately. So, I don't want to get dusted. Welcome Wait a minute. to the world of comic book dumb. Like, I, I'm just saying. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's comic books. Like they kill. I mean, Infinity Gauntlet. The same thing happened. And all those characters came back. Yes. Like if it's. You know, someone's not a comic book fan and they go see Infinity War and that gets them into comics and they go read Infinity Gauntlet. Like the story is way different, but they'll still get the gist of like, oh, things will be set right at the end, you know. And on the other hand, I also think like the movie going audience, the general movie going audience is probably smarter than most people give them credit for. Where if they see, oh, they're doing a second Spider-Man, they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 at some time, they're doing a Black Panther 2, there's no way Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is just going to be Rocket Raccoon and, and Nebula, That's you know, so That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I think people know that these characters are going to come back, like, it only yeah, makes sense, like, yeah. The big like, and that was, that's like, when I saw Infinity War, I was like, that's crazy that they did that on film. They killed my favorite superhero ever, but he'll be back. And the real question is not, do they come back? It's how they pull that off in a movie right. and bring all those characters back. I think that's more the important well, secret and, and well, element and all of that. That has to be it now. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, there's that was no, always going no, to be but, it. But that, there's no other choice because you know that there's a Spider-Man movie coming out. Because you know they're not going to kill Black Panther off. So it's not the point of these guys are dead it completely changes it to how they're going to we're going to get these guys back well no and he, well it's set up so what i don't Infinity understand War. is the devastation of people in the theater when they see these guys that are gone because it still snap. stings nah, yeah still, like how does it still not what are you talking about like that's thing? what i'm saying like i went like to see says, you know at the end of the day it's a farce. You know that they're coming but back because no matter it's what. comic but, book but movies. it still fucking hurts it's yeah, still like stings. i Dude, I went to, like I said, I knew going in, well, Thanos is probably going to snap his finger and kill a lot of characters I like, but yes. they'll be back. And that yes. did not change the, oh, I'm, I'm cold, Mr. Stark. I don't want to die. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, 
I know Spider-Man's coming back, but that still gets you, you know just because. Us? You know what I said? I said it's a draft. He's just he's just cold. He's You're just so shitty, dude. You're, so You're a heartless <laughs> bastard, my What God. I'm saying is, like, I'm saying, like, just Ugh. because you know how it ends doesn't make the middle chapter any less interesting, for lack of a better term, for like an analogy. That's a good way of putting it, man. You know the Titanic sinks, but you're still interested on how the fucking happened. Yeah, but no, you're still interested on on how the iceberg hits, how fucking the panic hits, fucking how you get a chick to get naked and let you draw the very first time you hang out. It's it's like this. It's like, okay, we saw the original Star Wars trilogy as a kid. We knew, you know, Luke Vader was Luke's father, right? Empire ends on a huge down note. But mm-hmm. going into Return of the Jedi, you're not like, well, they're clearly not going to win. You know the good guys are going to come back in the third act. And to Yeah, yeah but Haas, the, you, don't, you don't know exactly if Luke is going to survive or is he going to sacrifice himself to save right? his and family and friends. And we don't know that about the original Avengers, dude. Like... <laughs> It's so, like, yeah, that's true. He's so, right. The stakes are still heavy. The stakes do are not still know. there. And, and to use the Star Wars analogy further, think about going to see the prequel trilogy. We knew how that ended. We know how that game ends. Mm-hmm. This little kid, Anakin, turns out to be Darth Vader and, in, and through some way wipes out the Jedi Order. But that doesn't make the journey to that any less interesting. Oh, no. I'm not saying it's not interesting. I absolutely <laughs> loved Infinity War. I, and I'm very, very pumped up to see Endgame. I'm just saying as a filmmaker, I thought they could have made some better decisions at the end of that movie to make people more affected by the decisions they made. No, no, no. Does that make sense? You were not. They were. They were plenty affected. They were. If you would have killed off Thor, if you would have killed off uh, Scarlett Johansson, if you would have killed off Hawkeye or someone like that, I would have said, oh, shit, some of these guys might not come back. Like it might not happen. You're going to get that. Well, you're, you're still going to get that. We're going to get that going in now. Yeah. yeah, because that's the point. Like Haas just said, I'm going to say this. I read my first dealing with any of this retcon, uh, resurrection kind of thing. I read a 12 issue series called Secret War. Right. And the superheroes must have got murked every other issue. I mean, you get the next book and they're all dead. Bolt from the blue killed all of them. And then all of a sudden, oh, they're back. Like the Beyonder just said, oh, come on back. I love what's going on here. Let's do this again. And I was like, okay, that's just the roller coaster that it is. Superman's died a couple of times. Batman's been wiped out in the books a few times. Like it's just is what it is. It comes with the territory. Yeah, I, I understand. So I understand if people are going to go, but they can't do that on TV film. As a casual fan, by now, it's by now it is comic books are so much a part of mainstream culture in a way. That you gotta understand that stuff. Oh, so I understand it. I and you gotta go, it. okay, cause it still stings. Watching it and knowing what Infinity Gauntlet slash Infinity War meant or what it is in the books, you know, things are gonna happen and things are still gonna happen after that. So watching it on film and watching Spider-Man go down, watching Black Panther, that stung. But like Haas said, I was like, it would have stung me more if it was Shuri. We don't, but that but that wouldn't missing. have been big enough. But but going to so if you want some stakes and you want some size, mm. we don't see Iron Man in this trailer. We see Nick Fury directly mm-hmm. talking to Spider Man. Right. Who who handles Spider Man? Who is his his mentor? Yes, his handler? It's, 
Iron Man. Exactly. So this gives an idea that Iron Man might not make it. We yeah. might get our answer. See, but I'm see, very worried about Iron Man. Yeah. I'm very worried about Thor, and I'm very worried about some of those other guys. I am. But see, see, but but Endgame could rectify all of your gripes and all of your all of your uh, what is it misconceived notions and stuff like that. It could. Yeah, it could. It, it could. But but you also have to take into effect or take into account that this is a two part movie. This is a slow burn. Yeah, this is a slow burn. You got to be patient. Good point. And and the result at the end of Endgame might be everything you wanted. Might it, might, it might hit you even harder because it didn't hit you the first time. Yes, that, you, no, you might I be hope. like, holy shit, yeah, this hope. hurts. I hope. Yeah. So and I, and I will take back everything I said. Okay. Well, I'm good. not one of those assholes that say no, no, no. Yeah. No, I'll take back. Okay. But, but one cool thing about this trailer is that sentence. The first thing he says to him is, "So nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man." Yeah. So that is presumably saying that there's going to be a reset, or they they don't meet during Endgame at all. Well, well no, stop you right there. And those are two very important people. They cannot. Well, technically, bring it in. I'm going to stop you. You're missing a real crucial point. Number one, there is plainly an audio edit between it's nice to finally meet you and Spider-Man. I mean, it's like so obvious. I noticed it the very first time and I wasn't even looking for it. And when he says it's nice to finally meet you, he's never in the frame with Spider-Man at all. It's that dialogue could be from anywhere to anybody. Misdirection. I, the quality of the, and, the quality under- of the audio of him saying Spider-Man is different than the nice to finally meet you. I totally get the, the, the want for there to be like higher perceived stakes in these yes. movies or whatever. And I think you're going to get that. And dude, I think if you got the least bit affected by the deaths in infinity war, what we're going to get in end game is going to affect those people 10 times more. Because that shit is going to be most likely permanent because we're looking, you know, just from a real world aspect, we're looking at the end of a lot of these people's contracts. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, no. And that's a great point that Boo brought up and you're, you're reinstating it right now. You're right. This could really be, if I see it as one wholesome film, this could really be a major hit to the heart mm-hmm. at the end of this thing. And if that does happen, then I will say kudos to you, Russo brothers. I will. I will. Again, I'm not talking shit at all on this film. I thought it was one of the best films, if not the best film of the year. And I am looking forward to Endgame like other than Episode 9. There's no other film that I'm looking forward to more. So I am very excited about it. Boo, going back to you, you are are not a fan of Spider-Man. No. Even though you loved Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. What is your take on this? Does this excite you as much as Into the Spider-Verse did? The trailer for Into the Spider-Verse didn't excite me. The movie excited me more. Okay. The trailer for this one excites me more than than the Into the Spider Verse trailer. So I'll I'll give it kudos for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It looks very interesting. The different setting, I kind of dig. I kind of dig where he's doing something else. I like the answer that he's on his own. This is just this is a Spider Man movie, which is great. You know, this is uh, was a step in the right direction. Um, I was nervous about Mysterio. He looks awesome. Mm He looks very cool. Having Nick Fury in it and all that. And something else I'm really looking forward to, this would be the first movie, I'm pretty sure, after Endgame, correct? Correct. Yes. So this will be our answers. These will be our what's left, who's left, what is what is everybody thinking, what does everybody know kind of thing. So that excites me 
in addition to just you know the the spider-man movie so yeah it looks very good it looks very funny uh i love what is it homecoming homecoming was great this looks like it's more of it so yeah so yeah i'm, I'm pumped I, I don't like spider-man but i'm looking forward to the movie yes if this comes out and you love this will you change your no mind i mean that'll be three That'll be three movies three row. with the character that you enjoy. Like I, that's like me being like, nah, man, I don't like vinegar and salt chips, and I eat three bags a day. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll say this: like the thing that intrigues me most is Kevin Feige's quote about this movie is that it's going to deal with Peter Parker adjusting to and his view of the world after the events of Avengers three and four. And I think we don't get much of that in the trailer. That's why I'm so excited for the second trailer, because I think that's when we'll get some of that story information, you know? Well, yeah, because because what I think is that he's he lost uh, he lost Uncle Ben. That hurt. And then I think now he's going to lose Tony Stark, another father figure. You bite your tongue. Well, yeah, let's let's be real here. It's a good chance it might happen. Another father figure, another mentor that he he loved and looked up to could be gone. So he might be looking at the world like, fuck, man, I just get, you know, I, you know, the gut punches keep on happening and happening and happening kind of thing. You know, that's my, that might be why he wants to separate, not separate, but take a break from being Spider-Man, you know, that kind of thing. Would it, would it change my opinion? No, like I, I enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but if, you know, if they didn't get, uh, if they didn't get, uh, come back, uh, at the end of Endgame, which I know they are, I, it wouldn't <laughs> matter to me, you know, kind of thing. So, I don't know. I, I I enjoy the movies, but it's not something I'll. No, it's not going to change. Why my don't opinion. you like Spider Man again? Is he just not he just, brutish enough for you? I think it makes him tingle inside. <laughs> Is he just too much it's of a tight like agile? I don't know. I, I just I just never dug the character. I, I, one, it's I, I think it's oversaturation. Two, I th- uh, I think there's better characters. I understand that he was built for me at at, at my age when I first found out about him. Mm-hmm. Never never really you know dug the whole child but teenager superhero thing does the web thing freak you out make you feel weird <laughs> no. no you sure i'm sure i'm sure yeah so so he was does never flexibility get you Flex- yeah that's a bit odd yeah uh no um <laughs> he, he was just never for me even though he was made for me he's he for everybody he yeah but yeah okay but he never resonated with everybody could be spider-man oh well i i'm not gonna besmirch stanley so yeah i'm jack kirby and Jack Kirby, yes, yeah, he he doesn't get enough credit. That's very true. And there's some Easter eggs in the trailer alone. I saw someone highlighted that uh, uh, his birthday is the um, debut issue, yeah. of his debut, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, there, and, and there then was... there's a license plate in uh, one of the scenes where they're running. That is the uh, debut, uh, the cover, and the debut issue of a uh, Hydro Man. I think. Oh, cool. Oh. And then there's another one. Too. Yeah, there's... I like that he says Peter Parker p- picking up his passport. It was like, is all the peas? Yeah. Peter Parker picking up his passport. Yeah. Well, I loved it. You you liked it. Everybody yeah. seems to like it. it the, yeah. the trailer gets the Sithless seal of approval. So, very excited about it. And you guys have calmed me down and walked me off the ledge. Again. Um, why do we have to keep doing this, yeah. man? Jesus, man. Fraying my nerves, dude. Wow. <laughs> I got to do this you all got the way April. just interjected like, let me stop you right well, there. Well, I think Haas <laughs> helped it out more than anybody. So, thank you, Haas. Oh, God, come on. I don't think it's anything like these movies are supposed to be fun, colorful. You laugh, you get excited, action filled movies. And, you know, I'm guilty of it. But sometimes I think we can take it a little too seriously and just like not enjoy the ride. Like I'm not going to a Marvel movie to be like, I am about to see 
the greatest cinematic masterpiece ever. For a comic book movie, maybe, but, you know, we're not talking high art here either, guys. Well, you know, I think Christopher Nolan ruined that with The Dark Knight and and with all the other ones. He made these movies actual, like, cinematic juggernauts, like a complete film. And now, you know, you kind of hold it to that regard. Not the Marvel movies per se, but... You know, and I think that's an uh, an unfair comparison people want to make because mm-hmm. those had a very specific mission and a very specific goal and tone, which they executed beautifully. But I don't know that I want that as an entire universe. Yeah, then you know you're right. I mean? It wouldn't be fun if it was constantly like that. People would get sick of it and tired of it. Right. Like, you know, in Marvel, you could do that sort of thing with Daredevil, which they kind of did on Netflix with they Moon did. Knight. But, you know, I think clearly the success Marvel is having with their movies shows that they found like the right formula. It took them a little while. There were some bumps around the way, but the formula of like fun, action, heartfelt, you know, all sort of mixed together with a very tight time frame, you know. Yeah. Okay. Great. I think we're going to end the show with On the Throne with King Tom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do On the Throne with King Tom. Gentlemen, the king. Hey, Sith listeners and Sith listeners. I understand you have a very special guest tonight. Hawes, I really hope you've been able to see (laughs) Spider-Verse. My question isn't specifically about Spider-Verse, but I wanted to talk about something kind of a little bit related to it. I've I've taken the kids to see it twice so far, and it's a great movie for kids. And it's also great outside of the movie theater, because they've asked me a lot of questions about things that go on in the movie and the characters. And it's, it's the same thing when I take them to see Star Wars. They ask questions about it, and I'm able to answer their questions, either from my knowledge or if I don't know it off the top of my head. You know, I have my comic book collection, I have Marvel Unlimited, I have Wikipedia. It got me thinking back to when I was a kid. And I was into comic books and I had questions about things that I had missed or I didn't know. And for me back then, you know, I didn't have the Internet until high school. Wikipedia wasn't a thing until after I graduated college. And I would have had to spend a bunch of money on back issues. But the way I learned a lot of things was I used to go to the YMCA after school. My mother used to work. So I'd go for like swim lessons or art lessons. And and one day I was reading an X-Men comic waiting for my mother to come pick me up. And this custodian saw me, and he, and he walks up and he just goes, you know, kid, the X-Men suck. And he's probably in his, like, mid to early 20s. And we started talking, and it turns out he was a, an Avengers fan. He's a Spider-Man fan. And he really told me a lot of the back stories of things that I didn't know about involving the Avengers, involving Spider-Man, and even the X-Men. And now thinking back to how I'm teaching my kids and I have all this information at my fingertips it was much different for me as a kid and i'd imagine for most of you there it was different for you except for boo the world's worst millennial you probably had the internet all you all your life so (laughs) things were easy for you to find out so in a roundabout way i wanted to ask members of the sith list and haws what were your ways of learning about the things you're into now you know star wars backstories or comic history how did you 
not not how did you get into things because i think we've gone over a lot of that already but how did you learn and gain the knowledge you have about what you missed i i hope that question makes sense anyway thanks for listening i'm really looking forward to hearing this episode and i will talk to you later thank you king tom I was on the throne with King Tom, like always. Great question. Great discussions. Les is looking at me. I think he wants to go first on this. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, <clears throat> I couldn't afford to buy comics when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I first saw and read X-Men uh, at a chance encounter, I was able to read the issue where the Brood had taken over. They were fighting the Brood, and it's the one where Colossus... Hodge, you know what I'm talking about, right? Colossus I do. One of them, snaps his neck, the covers with a Wolverine with his claws out, but he's infected as a brood. I was able to see that and read that. Um, I got a few comic books here and there, but what happened was I got lucky in my school libraries were Marvel encyclopedias. Oh, yeah. So in elementary school, I would go and dig those up and just look at those. If I went to the public library, I'd go look for those or look for the DC ones or the atlases that they had, pour through those until I got to a point where I could actually afford to buy comics and actually was able to be around a local comic shop. So that helped me get a good amount of knowledge, be able to read a few things. Uh, I was able to experience other issues. Uh, you know, I guess you could say it was Wikipedia back then, if that's mm-hmm. how you want to look at it. But that was my way. But that was only because I couldn't afford to get comics comics it's a yeah i get it Haas, how about you so i have a very similar experience to less where i would get the marvel encyclopedias i went to a really religious school so we didn't have like you know the scholastic book fair where mm. you could get books and stuff they didn't do that they did that but it was very uh religious oriented so you could get like lion the witch and the wardrobe books and things like that but i had a friend named Jeremy who would let me order stuff from his scholastic book fair at his regular school and I got like a little X-Men encyclopedia I got a little you know just general Marvel encyclopedia so that's where I learned a lot of it also trading cards back in the day and you get those Marvel trading cards Mm -hmm. and it's got all their stats and a brief history on the back Mm -hmm. And then when I was a kid, for a few years, my parents treated the comic book store like a daycare. So, like, if they had to go run errands, like go grocery shopping or something, they would drop me off at the comic book store with enough money to buy a comic book. And I would stay there for like an hour or two. And I would just pester the comic book guy and ask him trivia and, you know, oh, what's up with this character and things like that. So, like. It was almost like an informal comic book education, you know, that way. That's how I got a lot of my comic book knowledge as a kid. Wow, that's really cool. So you just spent most of your time at the comic book store. Yeah, and one time I went in there. I remember I was super excited to buy the first issue of Superman Doomsday Round 2. So this was a limited series they did where it was the rematch between Superman and Doomsday after Doomsday had killed Superman mm-hmm. and he'd come back. So excited to go get it. And I go in there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang out. The dude's name was Chris. I'm going to hang out with Chris and talk some comics. And I go in there and he's got a girl in there. And he's oh. like flirting with her at the counter. 
and I'm like awkwardly looking through the long boxes and like they, they stop talking and they're kind of being awkward. So like, luckily as like a 12 year old, I got the vibe and went outside and sat on the curb and read my comics so that dude <laughs> could have some time with his lady. That's funny. How about, how about you, Eric? How did you get your information from? When I was a kid and like way into comics, mind you, I was buying the original Secret Wars like month as they came out, waiting for them to get there to get on the to the newsstand. And my friend, my best friend, Ed, had an older brother who was a man, a solid gosh, eight years older than us. And he was it's amazing how many attributes he shares with comic book guy from The Simpsons. And but he really did know his stuff. And I'm not sure how he gathered that knowledge, but it didn't matter because he would tell us basically everything we needed to know. And so that was really cool because, you know, how when you're a kid, when an older, I mean, he seemed like a a grown up to us, even though he was probably, you know, 17, 16. Mm -hmm. But he like he was paying attention to us and being cool to us. And we thought that was pretty rad and talking stuff that we liked. So that's when I got way into like X-Men and, you know, he turned me on to the new mutants, I think. So, yeah, that's what that's where I got that from. That's cool. So, yeah, like a mentor. Pretty much, yeah. To guide yeah. you, that's awesome. I before I get to Boo, I I was wasn't really into comics unless they were Star Wars comics, GI Joe comics, and that's pretty much it. I had a few X Men comics here and there just because I loved how they looked. But the, I found out all my information from the back of action figures, the backs, and also all the old school Marvel Star Wars comics that they had. That had mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing that they had scenes that weren't in the movies and the stories that weren't in the movies. So I was trying to learn from there. The radio plays. I used to listen to the radio, Star Wars radio plays and the record, the storybook records. So that's where pretty much I got all my info on. And that's the same thing with GI Joe and same thing. Anything that I had like an action figure of, and I loved the story, I would go get those comics. So that's why I never really got into like the Marvel and the DC stuff because I was so into all the other stuff. So that's how I did it. That's how I did it. How about you, Mr. Internet? <laughs> well, funny enough, very little of my comic knowledge and, and geek knowledge was from the internet. It was, uh, you know, for Star Wars. Yeah, that's funny. For Star Wars, it was the movies, you know, just watching the movies a boatload of times, just rewatching and learning lines, figuring shit out, you know, as a kid being like, oh, so that's what that means. And then later on, figuring out even more, you know, stuff like that. And then also, I was lucky enough to grow up in a time where the X-Men TV show was on the Spider-Man TV show was on, the Superman TV show was on, the Batman TV the Batman. show was on. So that's where I got my extended knowledge of like, oh. Justice so, League? Huh? The Just, Justice League, Justice League yeah. came later, but that even expanded even more where I started learning more. That's where I got my love for um, Martian the Manhunter, seeing how badass Wonder Woman was, mm-hmm. all that. So yeah, so I, I was lucky enough to have a boatload of TV and parents who would let me watch a boatload of TV. So yeah, so that's where I got, you know, I figured out, oh, these are these villains and these are, these are his powers and stuff like that. And, you know, seeing all that and seeing that, that's where I, I gained my knowledge and then figuring out more that was, I guess, more precise as far as like, um, you know, the true nature of things and things like that, comic book wise, you know, written yeah. by, you know, who, whoever put it together and stuff like that. So yeah, so mainly my, my, my information gathering was from TV. That's amazing. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, you came in the perfect timing of those cartoons. Oh god, those All animated of them. series. Oh. They were great because I I came that came after I pretty much grew up. 
But the quality was so great for you guys. Like still, X Men, still and to this day, Batman yeah. and Spider. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, it was a great question, yes. King Tom. That was awesome. Thank you for your latest installment on, on the Throne with King Tom. And again, people, if you are into those, I am putting every single one of those on our website. So he has his own section, and you can listen to any of the ones from the back catalog of King Tom. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I think it's time to uh, say goodbye. And uh, now the end is near. Mr. Burkhart, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast as always. We love having you on and hopefully we can get you on sometime in the near future because you are always welcome to come on. You're not a, a guest anymore. You're pretty much a reoccurring host. Uh, anytime you want to come on, my man. Can you let people know where they can find you on the internet? And find your, your great podcasts. Uh, so you can find me at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter. Every Thursday, I'm on a show called Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners. And then every Saturday, I'm on a show called Blue Harvest. And they are fantastic podcasts and fantastic shows. So please tune in to those great ones. Mr. Strothers, where can people listen to your 100th episode of Bad Motivators? And where can people Look at you while you strum your big trombone. <laughs> well, gee whiz, man. Come on. So, yeah, we, like Araj mentioned before, we did drop the 100th episode of The Bad Motivators. And it's a really cool show. It's pretty much mostly Star Wars. but And I can't thank the Sith List and our good friend Hawes here for sending in some pretty cool, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Congratulatory. Mm-hmm voicemails very much appreciated man check it out it was a good time and our buddy steel saunders from the steel wars podcast was on that and uh you know what check out my goings on on twitter at eric strothers i'll try to get better about like posting some actual rock and roll stuff on there yeah i would love to uh i'd love to hear some rock and roll mr carlos boo arguello where can people find you at the sith list boo mr gonzalez yeah, Carlos and I are short and sweet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got much. Atlas yeah. is worth 78. Yeah. Don't really dabble in anything else. Yeah. <laughs> You're only on one podcast? What that the is, hell? Yeah. You're giving uh, us 100% of yourself. So. That's, that's, about that's right. right. Yeah. You can find me at the Sith List. Also, now this is a podcast thing, and I'm recording an episode with the wonderful guys from Star Wars Underworld tomorrow. So I will be on with them. So you can find me in those places. Everybody else, Thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Les is laughing at me for some reason. No, because you just, after Carlos and I went real short, you're like, I don't be on I'm this. I'm on this, yeah, I'm, I'm on that, and I'm on this, and I'm going to be here. And we're like, <coughs> trying to promote the podcast. Would, I'm making a live, I'm making a live appearance. Understood. I'm having Every lunch with... Uh, because of all of you. That, okay? That's understood. <laughs> we're falling <sighs> short, Carlos. I guess, yeah. We've got to pick up our A game. Like, I should have one of you guys on the Bad Motivators. You should. You should. We we don't want to ruin your show, Speak dude. Yourself, I do man. a show with Dallas and Luke. <laughs> By the way, next week we're gonna have Rashad and Justin from Will Compod on. Sweet, having both of them on. I don't think we've had both of them on together, so this is gonna be a really a great treat for us. So that will come on next week, and that will be uh, on episode one twenty nine. We'll see you on the Sith list. Who are you to wave your finger? You must have been on your head. I hold deep in muddy waters.
you practically raise the dead.